Thank you so much for tuning in once again to Tights and Fights. If you enjoy what you're listening to, please, please go into iTunes, hit them five stars, and leave us a review like this one from Dan Rad, which says, I love Tights and Fights. Everyone is so fun and so knowledgeable, and I am especially such a big fan of that Danielle Radford. I really think she's going places. Oh, man, thank you so much, Dan Rad. Don't forget to hit those fives. Bye. Tights and Fights Podcast is the perfect wrestling podcast. There's a guy named Al and there's Danielle and there's guy Mike Eagle is there as well. Tights and Fights Podcast. Tights and Fight is the greatest, greatest wrestling podcast. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Welcome to Tights and Fights, the oh, show that, that discusses wrestling with the Why sincerity and hilarity that it deserves. All good things must come to an end. <sighs> Boo. I'm the S-C-A-N-D-O-L-O-U-S, Hal Lublin. Hello. And I'm joined by my fellow members of the Nation of Conversation, the female fighting phenom, Danielle Radford. What up? And Prince Palm Strike, Mike Eagle. That's good. I like that. Ooh, yeah, that's that good strike move. Daddy's you can. Good one. Oh, you're doing it right now. Yeah. Right. Are you going through your kata? Uh, yes. In front of us? Of course. This Only is... in front of you. My goodness, this is very dangerous. I don't even know what that means. You have to conceal weapons in this state, sir. Not these guns. <laughs> Register them. That's right. <laughs> Get them registered. Open carry monkey. <laughs> <laughs> that works on a couple levels. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Coming up on this week's show, Cure Through Misandry, Two Banks in the Main Event, and a lot more. But first, our own Mike Eagle Hi. was at Raw at the Sable Center this past Monday. I was so wrong. And I have, have a report. Do I have a report? Shit. You know, uh, <laughs> there, there are moments in Raw that we may never forget. William Shatner... Cy Sperling. <laughs> and now, the fucking Ball family. Oh, my God. That was the best thing that ever fucking happened I, to me. I Ugh. tweeted, and I and I was sitting there in the arena, <laughs> and, I, and I meant this from the bottom of my black-ass heart. <laughs> and if anyone had told me LeVar Ball was going to be there, I wouldn't have come. <laughs> really? Absolutely. You draw, really. And you're a Lakers fan, yeah? Never. No, you're a Bulls fan. Yes. I hate right, you're the Chicago. Lakers deeply. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Aren't you kind of glad that right, they have the, the Ball family now? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Julian's trying to censor us because we're talking the truth oh, well. about the toxic Ball family. First Amendment. It's our First Amendment rights, <laughs> Julian. Yeah. This is a dumpster fire of a segment, clearly. What, I'm going to give you three choices, and if there's a fourth one, tell me of what the worst part was. Everything LeVar Ball said... That's one. Two is LeVar Ball takes his shirt off. Slash LeVar Ball running to the ring. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's two. Number three is little baby boy ball dropping the N-word over and over again into a live mic on live television. Why did that happen? What was the worst? Can I tell you the best? Sure. Yes. The best thing that came out of that man's mouth. And goddamn, LeVar Ball's a monster. (laughs) But the best thing he said was, I know what Miz means. Millions of zippers. That shit was amazing. That's pretty fucking funny. <laughs> but not nearly worth the chaos he caused to their live television <laughs> format. I mean, nothing went right after that until the main event. Nothing went Here's right. Here's what's great, though. What I love about that is maybe that means they'll never fucking do that shit again. Oh, gosh. I, I, but that's the question because they did it 
for the memes, they did it for the sports center coverage, and they got all of that. They're uh, probably gonna fucking do it again. They'll probably do it again, and they'll try to super script it, and that's not gonna work. Yeah, yeah. no, Levar Ball could give a damn about oh, whatever no. it was they asked him to say. I I loved his little raptor run when he ran down, and he looked like he had just learned how to open a door. Yeah, like he had it was just amazing. looked like he had just learned how to walk too. It yeah. was bad. It was like, it was like I expected those two little white kids from Jurassic Park to be like dinosaurs <laughs> can't open doors, and then here comes Levar Ball. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I thought we were safe in this wrestling lab. Um, so that was fantastic. Yeah. I love that that kid said the N word over and over again. I loved that WWE had to apologize for it because it reminded everyone of the time that Vince McMahon said the N word. I don't know about this, well, I yeah. don't think. He did this whole thing. I think he was trying to I think he was trying to be like a funny. It was like definitely a joke. And so he goes in the back and he's like, "What up, Monica?" And I think he's supposed to be saying like Monica or something like that, but he clearly says like "my nigga." To whom? I think to John Cena and then and then he turns and like Booker T and what's ah! about Mrs. Booker T are standing there and Booker T's like, "He did not just say that oh. and it ended like really weird <laughs> I don't know man oh my god well yeah that segment either ends with Booker T and Charmel or Ron Simmons going damn yeah oh my god. you know when people put up things and they go who man is this that's how I feel about this segment who man is this <laughs> well uh, oh baby what you doing let's move on to whose woman is this right <laughs> well, close okay. enough who woman is this Pass, who, pass, fail. You pass. Who woman did this? We're not adding this. this. We're not adding this who, to the how it gets woke file. But who is this? There. Who is this woman? Let's just talk about the women's Money in the Bank match, which got a redo Tuesday night on SmackDown. Uh, they got a lot more time. There were a lot more spots. James Ellsworth got his quote unquote comeuppance and got crotched off the top of a ladder. But in the end, Carmella came out victorious again. How did you guys feel about the match itself? I guess for me. We all know that I feel like it should have been just Carmella winning with like Elds were totally there cheating and helping. But her it for me, it's the important of the visual of her grabbing the briefcase. And so they clearly did this just so we could have that visual. I guess after that fucking fire promo that she did last week, part of me was just like, you know what? Don't redo it. Just keep it the way that it is now. But now they've got the thing so that in future packages, when they talk about the first fucking woman to be blonde on a ladder or whatever, they can cut that into it and pretend like that's what happened all along. But Well, there's a there's a theory floating around that was passed on to me by our producer, Julian Burrell. Hi. It actually does make sense uh, business-wise that you have a screwy finish on Sunday, so all the people who don't have the network missed it. So it's incentive to get the network. Now you're relitigating it and putting it on SmackDown the following week, which increases television ratings. If this was something planned ahead, then it was planned a week ahead. It was not something right. well thought out. But that is an interesting theory in that it does feed both network subscriptions and live television ratings. Mike, does that hold any water with you? Sure. I think uh, on paper, when looked at under that lens, it all makes great, great sense. But I would also agree that this wasn't a plan. It, it was hatched a month ago. This wasn't that, you know, a long drawn out bill that they were thinking of. And I like, you know, like we discussed last week, um, the original finish just was mind boggling and made me sick a lot of ways. Now, going forward from that, I do like what they've done so far in that all of the correct characters said the correct things that they were supposed to say yes. about what happened mm -hmm. right. and that the finish happened where the person who, you know, won it the wrong way the first time, won it the wrong way but the right way 
this time. The wrong way, but the right way is like yeah. the perfect way to fucking phrase that. And so right. it doesn't forgive the boneheadedness of the first move, but it mm-hmm. shows that at least they're not tone deaf enough to double down on the ignorance of that. And, and the conversation is being had, which makes me feel better. Right. And you know what? And I've always said Carmela is 100% the right person to get that briefcase because mm-hmm. she's the one who needs it the most. Right. And she has really stepped up her work since that. Like, she has really fucking stepped up what she's been doing. And I think that that's what all of us have been waiting for. We've all been waiting for her to become a more convincing heel. Right. Um, and so she has. And I think that's great. And so if, if there's one thing that has come out of all of this fucking weird nonsense, it's that Carmela is dope right now. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with both of you Yeah, that. I think you can get there without doing that dumb shit, but I think they've done it. We can't put it back, so. I think we're in a space now where we can sort of not be excited, but sort of see what's coming up next. Yeah. And, and now they've, they've sort of refocused us forward. Uh, there was another rematch within the women's division. Of course, Lana taking on Naomi for the title. Lana gets her finisher off early, but it's not enough. So she comes off as inexperienced because she didn't work her into the finish. Uh, so, of course, she doesn't get the pinfall. And Naomi flattens her. It was a very short match. But did this make Naomi look good? Did it make Lana look bad? Uh, I mean, it obviously helps Naomi to be like, oh, I misunderestimated you last time, but now I fucking got you because I am the champ and that's what I do. But it doesn't help Lana. Well, I came away from watching that match, and I have to rewatch it because I watched this whole episode of SmackDown kind of would sound off because I was trying to do other stuff. Um, but I came away from it thinking that this would be great as a setup to send Lana away to I mean, not even away. She comes back next week with something that's like an edge. And I don't know what it is. Mm. You know, hopefully it's not Rusev or anything dude related at all. But if she comes back with some sort of new maneuver, angle, some new way to cheat, like mm. something where like she's kind of, oh, she's got to be more crafty now. I think mm-hmm. it sets her up to do that. But I don't, I don't know what exactly. But that's what the, that's the feeling I came away with after the match. What is a like Russian slash Instagram model slash ballet artist? What would be like a good thing for them to come out with? Not to be a craftier? gun. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Oh, she just comes out and starts Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> yeah. Look out for the Kalashnikov coming soon. <laughs> To a ring near you. A fucking hammer and sickle purse. There you and, go. And like she hits me. There I don't you know go. what you do. And it's there got an go. actual hammer and sickle in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's a drink people. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be amazing if she if now Triple H is gone. Somebody needs a fucking sledgehammer. Uh, uh, she can have a tiny one that fits in a purse. Yeah. Wouldn't it be great That'd be though? amazing. She can uh, have Mjolnir. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Only Raw. Only I can lift it. <laughs> so, whosoever, if she be worthy, <laughs> can wield the hammer of Lona. Uh, let's let's talk about Raw, where the women's division was in a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender. And blink if you missed uh, Bailey. <laughs> blink and you missed Bailey. In it, Even but... Izzy done turned against Bailey. Yep. Did you see that? No. Oh, Izzy's full on Alexa Bliss fist. No, <laughs> no, that is fucking heartbreaking. I guess everybody grow up sometimes. She came in like the Bliss gear with like her still like the same color hair because she's still a little little baby. Um, but with her her ends clearly like kind of died a little bit. I am 
Who's Shut. Izzy? That's, that's that's a Bailey. Oh my God, that's Bailey's like fan. Little mini me. She oh. would always be right in the front during NXT. NXT. Bailey would come and like hug her. And in fact, during Sasha Bailey two, yes. oh, which is the best part of that Iron Man match, um, Sasha Izzy rips the fucking headband off her head, puts it off, mimes like she's crying in the ring, and then throws the fucking headband and is like basically like fuck you, little girl. It's amazing. Oh, it was incredible. Yeah, and Izzy. Bald. Oh my god, she cried so hard. And then of course later there were pictures online where it was like Sasha went up and hugged Izzy later and was like blah blah blah. I was like, I'm a heel, I'm a heel, I'm a heel, or whatever. But it was a, it, it was one of the corners. So yeah, Izzy is fucking mini little Bailey. It would be like if that kid that was like, Hey Brett, like the next time like the next time, Yeah, you see him and he's in a fucking stone cold vest. Like it yeah. would have no, been. No HBK. Like, HBK. Like, yeah. It would have been crotch like, shopping from the crowd. Okay. Okay, I, I, Fuck Coke, I like Pepsi now. <laughs> well, you know, because Sasha Banks was a good person and, and hugged little Lizzie after the match, she was rewarded karmically and is now the number one contender to Alexa Bliss's Raw Women's Championship after defeating Nia Jax in the only match in that gauntlet match. It's the small off. Yeah. <laughs> With uh, smaller. <laughs> let me, let, I gotta say, please, somebody, be, be, I, being I, there, Okay, that shit was amazing. Yeah? That yeah. match was incredible. Now... The place was very confused um, when Bailey went out early, but it just made Nia look so dominant. Like every oh pin God. that she got, everybody was out of their seats by the end of this match. Like all of the finishes that came before that, like all the people that she beat, it set it up to where every false finish that Nia got on Sasha, everybody thought was legit, mm -hmm. you know? So emotionally, it just worked everything up to a crescendo. Mm -hmm. And by the time like the finish came, we were all completely with it. Plus, we were like, all with it. Sasha's, mm -hmm. there's obviously that size difference, which, which is the exact point of that matchup. And the fact that Sasha's like, oh fuck, I've got to try 18 different variations of a bank statement because I can't get it on her like I, oh my God. I My only wish would have been that Nia Jax got choked out instead of tapping out. Mm. I wish I, she I had don't passed mind that. out. Not that it makes Nia Jax look bad or anything. It just would have been a nice touch. She shouldn't be the kind of character who taps out to anybody. And you She's know what? too strong. <clears throat> Feels like Sasha is the kind of character who can bounce back from a botched storyline like her turning on Bailey. Bailey has been floundering since not not because of lack of talent on her part, but because she needs to be booked well. It's like they don't know what to do with her if she's not fighting against Charlotte or or Sasha. Uh, another note from being there live, Bailey was audibly booed when she came out. Oh, and she was yeah. audibly booed when they showed her picking her number backstage. Oh. Now I won't say overwhelming like Roman Reigns booed, right. but Definitely audible boos. Damn. What yeah. was the reaction when Roman came Damn. out at the top of the show? Just a chorus, like Cacophony. a thunderstorm <laughs> of glorious boos. Like, I was booing so loud. There was a row of kids in front of me who just kept looking in amazement behind them, like how the sounds were coming out of me like that. But I had come to boo Roman Reigns. Right. So, like, the fact that his music was the first music, it had all of my energy. All of my diaphragm was in my booze and my, you know, and, and when the ambulance hit, the place went through the damn roof. I'm telling y'all, just have him keep showing up in the ambulance. <laughs> yeah, is Braun Strowman a face now? Braun like Strowman, de facto? He, he definitely got a face reaction, but it's hard to tell. Um... Cause he's he's still got he's they're still calling him with heel crayons too, man. It's 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 confusing. It's not it's not straight ahead yet. 
LeBron is getting to that point where he's one of those dudes who's like, he's not a face, he's not a heel, he's a force of fucking nature. And I think that that's the point that he's at now. Okay. And I don't know, I think it works for like three people. Like, I think it worked for a while for Brock. I think it works for him. I think it works for The Undertaker, worked mm-hmm. for The Undertaker. Yeah. There's a few people that that works for where it's just like, you can do straight up whatever alignments, but like at the end of the day, like that dude's a force of nature and he's going to be whatever he's going to be. Did, did you notice, did both of you notice that Roman at the beginning called Joe Samoa Joe again? He did. And he said it the right way. Yeah. Too. And he said it right. Samoa. Samoa. Samoa, Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe. Uh, who also feels like one of those guys that is, like, he's doing heel stuff but is being cheered as a face. What was the reaction uh, in his segment with Lesnar? Is Lesnar getting booed now? Um, there was just pure excitement for that entire segment because they kept showing Heyman and the place would cheer every time they showed Heyman and Heyman starts talking and Brock comes out and people were excited for it. That whole segment from... uh, Heyman speaking to Brock coming out to Samoa Joe coming out was just all excitement. There wasn't really a, a face-heel dynamic in that either way. It was just like, what the fuck is about to happen? I want to uh, shift for a second. Sometimes uh, WWE does stuff where you know what the story is that they're going to tell. And you see them like setting it up and then you feel like they mess it up by jumping the gun too early but then everything they execute after the after the gun has been jumped is so good that they're like the puppy that chews up your shoes all the time you just go oh he's so cute how can I stay oh, mad look at his ears look at his ears <laughs> yeah so I want to talk about uh, Big Cass and Enzo Amore oh my fucking god yeah the package for the turn, I did not realize that Enzo was legit crying. I didn't yeah, either. He was I brought it up, up last week. He was crying because of the end of his friendship. One single thug tear. Yeah. One single thug ass tear. Wow. Yeah. I didn't see it either. When they showed it on the big screen, I was like, oh my God. That so man, good. I that missed man that, wept. I missed that package. Did they make it, gl- like, make it shiny so you I mean, see it? <laughs> like a, yeah, it was like a gold dust. Enzo cut maybe the best promo of his entire career on Monday. Here's what it sounded like. Everything we ate, we ate together. When we sat down at that table, we were family. You're my brother. And I refuse to let you break that bond before me and you become WWE Tag Team Champions. And then Cass fucking fucked him up again. Oh, my God. We all went for it. Oh. We all thought as soon as Enzo's back was turned, here comes the boot or here comes clothesline or something. So the fact that they made it, uh, I mean, and that promo live was just absolutely incredible Mm. in terms of getting all of us involved Mm. emotionally. And what we surely at that time thought was going to be a turn. And then it looked like, oh, shit, maybe it's, oh, it was it was very effective. Well, And it's also because it's one of those moments you have when you go like, oh, maybe they're like because they know that they've broken up so many best friends recently, then maybe this was a thing to help us reset with how irritating as fuck Enzo of Cass have been. And my heart cracked in half. Yeah. I mean, that is... When they're not talking about fucking chickens or what would he when Enzo Amore having this moment where fucking Enzo turns into a real person, even when he says the fucking Olive Garden tagline, it's fine. 
when we're at the table, we're family. <laughs> like, that's fine. I love the shoulders. <laughs> you know, my Italian shoulders. Hello. <laughs> my Italian shoulders. I don't. I don't. Oh, I'm so racist. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so even when he when he did that and that, like, you know, um, you're right. Like, I was, I was being boastful because you're so big and I was like, oh, my God. God, like that really, and it brought me back to like all the things we cared about them in NXT Mm -hmm. and just that moment with the passion and Mm -hmm. selling that like no one's ever like, yes, we're fucking back and we're doing this. My man took me back after I apologized (laughs) and just like the way that he sold it and the passion in his face, man, somebody somewhere, shave off his fucking hair and put him into one of your WWE movies, not a Marine, and a good one. Put him into something. Santa's like, helper? Is that what that one I don't was called? know. I'm sure that there's any number of movies where he can be a guy that was military that is not now that <laughs> WWE has ready to go. <laughs> so let, let's talk about the world title. Not the universal title. The world title, sure. uh, which will be defended by Jinder Mahal against Randy Orton in a Punjabi prison match. Oh, boy. I'd, why? I... Oh, uh, was there a wicker sale? Like, <laughs> why is there... Yeah, it's and, being... The and, whole... Uh, the the whole show is being sponsored by Pier One. <laughs> I've always wondered, like, after we moved from Hawaii to Indiana, my parents' wicker chair got stolen, and now we know it got lost on the way over the Pacific. Yeah. It's, what? It's, it's turned into a Punjabi prison. I think that that structure looks like it's made out of giant Stelladoro breadsticks. And it makes me very hungry. <laughs> oh, fuck. Now I'm never going to be able to see it. Well, you shouldn't. <laughs> at least, at least you can think of something tasty while you're watching this atrocity. <laughs> you like tasty things. Man. You're right. You did peg me as a lover of taste. I'm gonna go on record right now. I'm gonna go on record saying it's gonna be a better match than we think it will be. Uh, well, that's not hard. That is not difficult. I set the lowest of expectations. <laughs> I just, I feel like if you do it as a hell in the cell match, but where the, where the cell is breakable. <laughs> like, as soon as someone lands, I'm gonna be someone's like the the Punjabi prison is going to crush someone like those fucking boxes at the end of like the Garbage Pail Kids movie, right? <laughs> oh God! References Danielle Radford with them. Hot wow! References. I did not expect that movie to ever be referenced. <laughs> I am legit so worried that someone's going to kick part of that. It's going to turn sharp, and a Singh brother is going to legit uh, get Mortal Kombat. That is my <laughs> biggest worry. Come here. <laughs> All right. Very quickly, we're going to run through some of the smaller items uh, that happened this week. Uh, number one, do you want Finn Balor to wrestle Elias Sampson any more than he did this week? No. You want to say that again? I'd say yes. Although, and especially coming from being there and seeing that match, the, the uh, six-man that match was long as shit. <laughs> that match was like, it felt like a half an hour. Like, yeah. it was way too much. Uh, I'm going to say no because I don't want to see Elias Sampson lose, and there's no way they're booking him to go over Finn. Word. Mm. All right, number two, what did you think of the non-match between Goldust and R-Truth? Fun. Mm-hmm. Fun. I like. He didn't, wasn't vicious, was it? I'm hoping it's coming later, but I always get worried because R-Truth is like... He knew Tupac. He real old. He <laughs> <laughs> was Tupac. He was his big brother. He was, he was a mentor. Is our truth? Is does he have a cameo in All Eyes on Me? Have we confirmed oh, <laughs> that our truth <laughs> plays himself <laughs> in All Eyes on God Me? Damn it! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They, uh, somebody... they took a lot of blood from me today. You guys. <laughs> they needed somebody younger than our truth, so they cast Sidney Poitier. <laughs> <laughs> oh! oh shit! All right, uh, number three, what do you guys think of Akira Tozawa joining the Titus brand? It actually resulted in a title shot. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Tozawa's heat 
he had some heat and now he don't have no heat. He ain't got no heat. And I don't know how he got in an angle that took his heat away, but I feel like they need to not do that. How you gonna pair him with a heater? <laughs> and we lose his heat. He came out doing his little bark thing. Nobody cared. Didn't nobody care. They cared a month ago. They totally cared a month ago. <sighs> Didn't nobody care now. All right, number four. <laughs> Was it weird that the Hype Brothers versus the Usos match ended two seconds after they came back from commercial? <laughs> <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Julian wants to know. I have it right here. That's the sound of the paper it's on. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was weird, yeah, because now they're doing that thing on SmackDown where they show the match in the corner while you're trying to ignore the commercials. It's, very, it's a very weird experience for me I emotionally. I don't understand it. No, I get it, because they figure they can sell ads for a higher rate if you're not fast-forwarding through them to get to the match because the match is still on. Yeah. But now you got to listen to them try to sell you pizza rolls while you're trying to watch was, the match, and I don't like it. <laughs> and also, part of the, the part of the great thing that happens live is that during those commercial breaks, dudes get really funny, and they That's fuck around, true. and they do really nice get stuff. Get on the mic. So it kind of takes... First of all, it takes away rest opportunities for those dudes if you're going to have these matches where they span commercial breaks. And secondly, people try stuff that they could use in later matches. And again, like you see really fun, fun stuff. If you like, That's the benefit of being live is that you see people be loose. That's why house shows are better than Raw sometimes because you can see people be loose and have a lot of fun and you see previews of things that might happen later. Because I remember the last time I went to Raw, like that was the most fun was mm-hmm. the shit that happened during the commercial breaks. Yep. Right. I wasn't sure how I felt about it at first, but I'm getting tired of watching somebody in like a uh, front face lock and then hearing Totino's Pizza Rolls bring you <laughs> maximum flavor blast in your face. Sunny <laughs> yeah. D. Like they're trying to work a figure four. Yeah. Like I can't, I, I, one of these things I can't pay attention to. The other thing I don't want to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. It's. I think it's a failed experiment. Finally, scale of one to 10, how happy are you that Mauro Ronaldo is back in WWE as the NXT play-by-play? 10, 10, 10. 10. 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Oh, where's, where's 10. that guy? <laughs> <We're>... Off TV! <laughs> oh. Oh, <laughs> if you've got any thoughts about the week in wrestling, let us know about it. Find us at facebook.com slash group slash tightsfights or at tightsfights on Twitter. When we come back, it's been a rough couple weeks in WWE women's wrestling, so what better to improve that than a little misandry? That's coming up on Tights and Fights. A lot of times my instincts are are wrong. They're mostly wrong, but they're not wrong in the sense that like I misread somebody. They're just extremely limited to my, you know, to my idea of who they are. That was Mark Marin. I'm Jesse Thorne. I'm the host of NPR's Bullseye. I'm so excited to tell you about my new show, The Turnaround. Join me as I sit down with some of the best interviewers in the world to ask them about how and why they do what they do. We'll go deep. Some of the biggest names in media, everybody from Terry Gross to Jerry Springer to Combat Jack. That's all on The Turnaround, two episodes a week this summer. Subscribe now. Tell a friend. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. Welcome back to Tyson Bites. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Danielle Radford. Yes. Do I sound like a musical robot? Mm-hmm. I am a musical robot, Danielle Radford. And I am joined in the booth by 
How lovely and little, but Michael Eagle. Oh, oh my God, that's amazing. Okay, that by the way, that Michael Eagle delivery makes me really happy. Um, <laughs> so today, women's wrestling in the WWE is respected athleticism. The last few weeks aside, thanks for that parenthetical, Julian. Um, but that wasn't always the case. We all remember a time when the women were divas and the divas were naked. We're going to take a look at one special moment and recast it with men. Mrs. Misandry Corner. Didn't we all need this? It's going to be really funny. And so um, we're taking you back. This one I've been wanting to do for a long time. I've referenced it a lot lately and had people in my mentions and, and, and being like, hey, Danielle, what's this thing that you keep mentioning? And me being like, oh, it's coming. <laughs> so uh-huh. back in the halcyon days of 2001, um, long story, super short, I guess, Vince McMahon was very upset with uh, Trish Stratus. And he wanted her to prove, it's not even loyalty, right? It's like fealty at this point. Mm. Like he wanted her to like prove her loyalty and like get back into his good graces by making her do all manner of very degrading things. Was this, sorry, real quick. Was Mm -hmm. this like February? This was before WrestleMania that year. I believe so, yeah. Okay. I believe so. Um, And so we're going to go ahead and play y'all a clip of this. Um, You can find it if you want to follow along and watch it. You don't have to. But if you want to, um, you can just Google Trish barks like a dog. Uh-huh. All right, let's go. Get on your hands and knees yep. like a dog, okay? She's a human being. I used to have a female dog, and that bitch did everything I told her oh to. Now, damn God. it, get out. Oh, that's, get just, out. that's just too much. That's too much. No, no it's too much that she's doing it. That's it. Now then, I want you to tell me in dog language just how sorry you are. Okay? Yeah, tell me in dog language. Speak, Trish. Speak. Damn it, bark like a dog. That's not what you said. Oh my God. So, that was a whole thing. There was also like, her and Vince McMahon have done like some kissing and stuff. There, because there was also like a weird sexual angle. Linda was catatonic in a yeah. wheelchair. Yeah, there was a weird sexual yeah, and they were, like, angle making to that out angel, around her. and they were making out around her. It was, it was just, it was really weird to do that to to any woman. But it was especially like during this era where you, where Trish was like, she was brought in. She was a little bit of eye candy, but she was really brought in to be like she was a wrestler. Right. And you had Lita, who was like a wrestler, and they had like some real some matches that were some real bangers. Um, so, one of the interesting things about this is that when, eventually, Linda McMahon, out of kayfabe, (laughs) was not in a coma anymore, and decided that she wanted to be a U.S. senator with the best, I should have told you to pull this, Julian, um, with, like, one of the best, like, campaign commercials ever, where it's just, like, two hot moms in a car, I think, or two hot moms talking, and they're like... Well, who do you want to be our state senator? I like Linda McMahon. Oh, doesn't she do wrestling? Yeah. And if she can take care of all of those wrestlers and tell them what to do, then she can tell those fat cats in Washington what to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, that's why mm-hmm. you don't mm-hmm. you don't have, you don't have Bruce Prichard produce your your campaign commercials. <laughs> and then you get their titties, out. <laughs> and their titties are gonna vote for her too. Yeah. So do, so um, do y'all remember? As Mike said earlier, like was this one of the ones that you also blocked, or did you? I vaguely remember this. Like 
Yeah, there was so much from that time that I'd consumed and and didn't accept into my soul for various reasons. But mm. and I do, and hearing that audio, I do remember this, and that's fucking awful. My Boy. God, that whimper! Like <laughs> Jesus Christ! And notice in that audio, it's getting some booze. It's getting. An awful lot of cheers. Mm. Just a lot of cheers. What about you, Mr. Hal Loveland? I do. I remember it well. Uh, I was, first of all, as a young, as a 24-year-old at that point, I thought Trish Stratus was very attractive. Yeah. At that point, she had wrestled in very few matches. Yes. Um, I think the the one I remember the most was, it was her and TNA versus the Hardys. And I remember this storyline well. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of it. Mm-hmm. But again... Because of what the Attitude Era was, and we were still in the Attitude Era at that point, this stands out more now than it did then. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. of course. Which is like, hopefully, all through your life, you're looking back at earlier moments and realizing you are you were not further along as a person, nor were we as far along as, as a society right. as we are now. We hope to be ever moving forward. Mm-hmm. And, and wrestling is especially tough when it comes to that sort of thing because up until very recently all manners of morality and ethics were off the table when it came to heels yep like and and they always had to push the envelope further and further to heat a heel up and in that era of course they crossed the most lines ever right and it's one of those things where it was like all if it's a heel heel there's a lot of stuff I'll forgive a heel for. Forgive, like, in real life, I'll forgive heel storylines for. Because, like, mm-hmm. they're the fucking heel. Like, you're supposed to make me mad at you. You're supposed to make me whatever. But it's also, like, there have been so many times when the heel doesn't get what they're supposed to right. get that I'm like, I can't trust that y'all are going to do this right. Right, Triple H and Booker T. You know, oh, like, same yeah, same era, like, so where, good. like, they just doubled down on shit. Like, mm-hmm. oh, how am I supposed to feel about myself now as yeah. a black wrestling fan? You know, you're supposed to feel great, Manika. <laughs> Tell me you did not just say that. Damn. Oh boy. Oh boy. So I, I get this all makes us feel bad in our souls. One thing I will say the WWE is doing right is as they've had this moment of women's wrestling, it's a revolution. Look at how hard these women worked and finally someone's noticing them. You, you're noticing them. You're noticing them. <laughs> you sign the checks. I say this every week. It's always true. Um, so there was a, it almost made it feel like women's wrestling and attempts for women to have wrestling be taken seriously started in the last like two or three years. Right. That's like not true. It's not true. And I like that they're going back now and they're bringing in a Mickey James and they're acknowledging a Beth Phoenix and they're acknowledging a Molly Holly and a lot of these other women who were legitimately trying to have good wrestling matches and do good wrestling. Um, but it just WWE didn't care. And they always act like, you know, it was a time period when women were so downtrodden that no one cared about a Molly Holly. And it's like, you had the pencil. <laughs> I mean, if you, you listen to if you listen to something to wrestle, uh, Bruce Prichard is very honest about the fact that it, and for a long period of time in WWE, the biggest reason before like Sable the biggest reason that they even had women on the card was for the boys in the back so they could have women to like travel with and be you know like that was the only purpose for a very long time 
Um, and he's yeah, he's very honest about that now, you know, and it's and it's interesting mm-hmm. to note. Like, right. I wonder when that change occurred. Like, when did this meeting happen where they were like suddenly like, you guys know women are human beings as well, right? Like, one thing that is interesting. Okay, here's here's uh, one one thing I was gonna get into about about kind of the history of this was that when Linda McMahon decided to do her Senate run, that was one of the clips that mm. was being shown on like. ABC and like real networks by the people who are running against her for that seat, or um some of it, and also just by like oh, news by, right. by news. Well, you don't want to show her talking to a mic because she was a fucking terrible promo. No, which is fine because some people are the business people, so go yep. do that away from me. Um, but yeah, so she, so that was one of the things that they were like, well, hey, uh, hasn't your character wasn't she in a coma because your husband? And then remember this time that you're and her being like, well, I because she was trying to separate herself. From being on TV, that's like, oh no, honey, you still again, you still sign the checks. Right. So that's going to come up, and for a lot of people, they think that like stuff like Trish having to bark like a dog, specifically because that was one of the things that come up over and over and over again. Because you can say whatever you want, but she's still married to Vince McMahon, was one of the reasons why she didn't win that seat. Right. How crazy is that? That uh, actually being a, a bad person and being bad to women might lose you a seat. Wow. But gain you uh, an appointment in the Trump administration. Well, Ooh. I mean, that, I think that all adds up. <laughs> I think that Sm- all when I think of small businesses, right. yeah. I think of a dub-dubsy. Okay, so uh, our time is almost up for this. Bringing it back around. So, one of the fun things about Misandry Corner is that at the end, we recast these matches modern day with dudes. So, who do you want Stephanie to make bark like a fucking dog. <laughs> there's, I think there's only one choice. Hmm. I think it's Roman Reigns. Because <laughs> he's a pretty boy. And he's the big dog. He and is he's the, the big, big dog. dog. All right, big dog, now you're going to get on the ground and bark like one. Oh. And he's like, <laughs> I'm not a happy guy. I'm not a sad guy. I'm the guy. I'm wolf. Small. I'm so <laughs> wolf. Bark, arf. <laughs> You know who else I would like to see? Uh, if only, if only because of his history with Stephanie McMahon. And it would have to be during an era where he's not being dope. Unfortunately, he was dope for the last like year or so, so it doesn't really fit. But if they bring, if if Jericho were to come back yeah. and not be dope, that would be because he uh, he's, uh, he he got a lot of heat and he got real over making fun of that woman's titties. And so I think she was a bottom feeding trash bag hoe. Oh yeah. my gosh! Yep, she was. So that. I think having him come in and bark like a dog for Stephanie McMahon would have like a certain bit of like oh, like <laughs> sometimes things oh, go from bad to good. Maybe maybe Shane should do it. Oh my God! How yeah. amazing would that be? Like, that might be great. If, if there was ever to be a real SmackDown versus Raw and Raw won, and she was just like, "I want you to quit. I want you to bark like a dog." <sighs> yeah, I'd be there for that. Oh my God! Could he? He would find a way to do that off of jumping up of something. I'm gonna jump off the top of the Titan Tron while also I'm going to jump directly into the doghouse. <laughs> oh, it's so painful. Okay. Um, well, thank you all so much once again um for joining us. On misandry, misandry, misandry. Anyway, if you got any thoughts on worthy misandry, hit us up on Facebook.com/groups/tightfights and on tights fights on Twitter. When we come back, it's time to give a shout out to good things, to things we love, 
to things that don't hurt us on our insides, to three things. So up next on Tyson Fights. (laughs) Mugs, shirts, stickers, patches, tanks, and more are yours for the purchasing at maxfunstore.com. Hey, you already love the podcasts, so why not take this to the next level and outfit your home and bod with our merch? MaxFunStore.com. Because if you have to wear a shirt, it should be one of ours. Tyson Fights Podcast. Tyson Fights. Welcome back to Tyson Fights. Hi, y'all. Hi there. Hi there, y'all. Come on down to the rodeo showground. Come on down. We're going to have a five horse pull this weekend. The return to innocence. I'm so sorry, Mike Eagle. I don't know that song. We ended too hard. Oh! We up in your business. That's the name of our I'm all up. Band. I'm all up in your business. I'm all yeah. up in, in your business. business. Let me slide in your DMs. <laughs> Welcome back to Tights and Fights. I'm Hal Loveland, and I'm joined by Danielle Radford, and Mike Eagle. Every week, we like to end the show with three things from the world of wrestling that just give us the nummies in our tummies. Nummies. This Num-nums. is the three count. One, two, three. Danielle, jerk the curtain. Heck yeah. Um, so remember when I was like, hey, I'm putting over one thing this week. Ha, I tricked you. It's two. So the first thing is really quick. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so first off, I want to put over um, the Seattle Weekly. Had a great um, article about um, Seattle's independent wrestling scene written by a dude named Martin Douglas. And it was dope. And see, I made that super quick. And I didn't read anything. Uh, I was going to say, do you want to read the whole article? No, but I'm going to read the first part. <laughs> the future oh, of professional no. wrestling is being thrown around in the painfully humid second store auditamia, auditorium. Auditamia. Auditamia. <laughs> auditamia is running wild. I was so excited when Auditamia Spencer won the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she deserved it. <laughs> of Washington Hall in the Central District. Boom, I did it. And then secondly, I am putting over Glow. Glow. The Glow Television Show on Glow. Netflix. And see, this has a thing, right, Julian? Yeah, I'm going to play the theme song. Yeah, it's for the theme song. That's not part of the theme song. That's <laughs> not the theme song. First of all, this song was already dope. By the way, anybody remember the NBA Superstars tape? No. Where every every uh, player had, its, had their own song? No, I don't This know. is Charles Barkley's song. Oh. And that was Sixers Charles Barkley. Wow. It's obviously Inya, right? Inya? Yeah, Inya. Inya. She's come a long way. No, The Warriors by... Um, Inya. I can't remember who. It's by Inya. But, by Inya. I, we'll we'll Inya. figure it out. Don't at me. Well, I'll find it. But um, yeah, so I'm putting over Glow. Glow is really fun. 
Um, it's one of those ones where right now both the white ladies I'm supposed to like are really irritating, but I think that that's how Genji Cohen does it. Mm, I think that's her got thing. Got another pepper situation? Yeah, yeah. So I think that what she's doing is she's like, I just want to introduce you to this world, and then in like the the rest of the seasons we'll really get to get into like the other folks, and I'll trick you into liking it. So knowing that that's probably what's coming, because again, this is what happens when you earn it. I'm watching it tonight. Congratulations to friends of the show, Kimmy Gatewood and Rebecca Johnson. Yeah, we're in a special yeah. episode with us. Oh, and, and they're great on the show. And they're so funny on the show. They are yeah. so funny. They're like, they because they're so funny and they're so comedically like overpowering, they know exactly when to throw them in for like great moments. And I can't yeah. again, it's one of those things where it's like, I know I'm gonna get to see so much more of everyone because that's the way that Genji Cohen writes her shows. You do them so you get to know the world following like one basic ass woman and then you spread out so you get to know everyone else. And I'm I can't wait to get to meet all of these women more than I have already. Awesome. Yeah. Bang bang that's it. Songs by Scandal, by the way. Thank you. There it is. Scandal. I am the warrior. Scandal. That was for Jordan Crane and Jordan <laughs> Crane alone, listener of the show and one of my best friends. Hi, oh, Jordan. Hi, Jordan. And hi, Danielle, his hi, wife, Jordan. who every time I say your name thinks I'm talking to her. That's okay. She can think that. I don't know if she should. That seems unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, she shouldn't think that every Danielle is her. Well, it throws her off because she hears a friend's name calling for her. Uh, Danielle, what do you think? What? what? <laughs> oh, right. Why is your podcast talking to yeah. me? I want to settle <laughs> once and for all. It is canon that I have been talking to Danielle, the other Danielle in Chicago <laughs> all this time. Oh, Mike, I'm the one. Yeah, should you're I the one. I should go. No, stay here because now it's your mystery to solve. <laughs> Mike, what do you want to put over? I had nothing, so I'm glad that Daniel had two. Um, I'm going to uh, just uh, one more time shout out how fun it was to be at Raw. Um, We had really cool seats through a weird WWE corporate hookup, so we were sitting like hard camera side, just like in that first row, that that first section back. It was really oh, great. Like I've sat, yeah, yeah. I've been able to sit there before. It was really cool, and the show was just so much fun, and uh, you know. We watch it all. We all watch it on TV for seventy thousand hours a week. But mm. being there, it's really great. And so, you know, I just wanted to put that over. Everybody, go see wrestling when it comes by you. Yes. Are you sure you don't want to put over the Ball Family? I am. Play sure. the clip. Play the clip. Please, please don't. Please. All right, fine. Please don't. Thank all right, you. all right. Thank you. Uh, I am going to put over something from the SmackDown brand. Big surprise there. Specifically, Talking Smack. Also not a big surprise. More specifically, Kevin Owens, which cannot be a surprise to anybody. (laughs) He is one of those guys who came over in the trade. And one of the best parts about him coming over is his appearance on Talking Smack. Because all he does is bully Renee and now Daniel. He knocked over... He grabbed Renee's script, tore it apart, threw it in the air so she couldn't use it anymore. Oh, no. Knocked over her water mug so there was water all over. Oh, no. And he was the first guest of the evening. Uh, here, uh, It's so hard to pick a great part that whatever Julian plays right now, I guarantee you, is great. Julian, play the clip. You get repeat opportunities here. Yeah. The land of repeat opportunities. Take we're, that. We're, Huzzah. Where winning and losing doesn't matter because Shane McMahon and Daniel Bryan will always be there to give you opportunity after opportunity after opportunity because they like you and they want you to succeed no matter how many times you lose. Well, look, if okay. They're, if they're okay. no good, good, if you That's think they're great. no good this and they're not your father, equal. You should be setting an example for I your daughter. And right now all you're saying is, hey, it's okay, uh, 
Birdie? Birdie Joe? Birdie, Birdie Joe. Joe. It's okay, Birdie Joe. If you lose, Daddy will just give you another chance and another chance. Oh, you lost that toy? I'll buy you another toy. Oh, you lost that one? I'll buy you another one. That is not teaching. That, that is such an excessive reference. Chad, <laughs> uh, of course, was, uh, was Kevin Owens ranting about AJ Styles getting yet another U.S. title shot after being beaten. Here's a great thing. So on on Kevin's Twitter, which is the best, yeah. someone uh, he has screenshots of someone asking Renee, like, what happened to your phone? How's your phone? Because I guess he also, like, tossed her phone and the thing was over. And she's like, yeah. it's destroyed. I'm tweeting this from my laptop like a dinosaur. And then someone else tweeted her, I hope that Kevin Owens doesn't have TweetBot since it shows what device you tweet from. And she responded like, oh, with like the big eyed emoji. And so he just tweets that she's tweeting on Twitter for iPhone and he just like zooms in like black Twitter does on the Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and just tweeted it with a disgusting. <laughs> Kevin Owens is the goat. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> What a heel. Fucking goat. <laughs> God bless you, Kevin Owens. Oh. Never stop. Never stop bullying them. God, that's There's great. no need for him to ever be face. He could just be himself forever. He's so good. That does it for this week on Tights and Fights. We are a podcast on the Maximum Fun Network. This week, our hosts are Danielle Radford and Mike Eagle, along with me, Hal Lublin. Our producer is the winner, winner, fidget spinner, Julian <laughs> Burrell. Senior producer at Maximum Fun is Laura Swisher. Mike Eagle is the voice behind our theme music as well, so we're putting him over for that. Keep up with us all week long at facebook.com slash group slash tights fights or at tights fights on Twitter. And if you love the show and you haven't done so already, hit those five stars on iTunes and leave us a glowing review. Who knows? You may hear your review read out loud at the beginning of the show. Thank you to all the Max Fund members who have donated money to this show and keep the lights on for us. And we'll be back next week for even more, you guessed it, wrestling. Tyson Bites Podcast. Tyson Bites. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.